on and Mickey, the Geek Pop Culture Podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking uh, about Tales of the Jedi, and this is going to be another of our uh, shorty episodes. I think in total, the entire series right now uh, on Disney Plus, it's six episodes, and I think I want to say it's like an hour, maybe a little over an hour. Is that what you, if you uh, remember? Well, there's six episodes, and there's and they're all between 15 to 20 minutes, so it would be a little longer than that. But they're shorty episodes, too, so it's kind of fitting that that's what we're doing. Yeah, so it's uh, it's kind of just an interesting look. Um, I, I don't know. It's, 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 a cool, it's a cool series, and we'll get into it in a little bit here. But I guess before we get into too many specifics, if you had to do like a spoiler free, this is uh, this series. These, what would your uh, what would your kind of brief recap be, Mickey? Uh, oh, recap, or just my just your general impression? Sorry. Well, like like I've said in, in, in past episodes, I. For some reason, I got a mind block against the animated series for some reason. But having said that, I, I did watch the last season of Clone Wars, which was I was told that I was suggested it was I do that um, before I watched the Bad Batch from the beginning. And the reason I didn't watch Rebels or Clone Wars is because I was so far behind that I just didn't want to have to catch up. And I just I never found myself all that interested in watching the cartoons, even though they're canon anyway. Having said that, you know, so. so I'm kind of behind the ball as far as the cartoons anyway. I watched this w- with a fairly open mind, and I liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, it, like you said, it's maybe about two hours worth of episodes because they're about 15 to 20 minutes apiece. But it covered, you know, a couple of characters, and it covered a few things that we didn't know before. So I would say overall I, I liked it, especially because um, in this ever-busy time where there's so much to watch and everything, it was – Nice that you could binge watch it pretty quickly, you know. Yeah, and I and I think I have a similar. Um, the only difference between, you know, I guess, my experience and your experience is, I I don't have that, and I and this isn't like because I think this is a common common view that you have as far as like kind of not being interested in the animated series. I don't right, have that much to of live an, action. Right, I don't have an aversion to it. I think found in the animated series and this is what dave filoni did with clone wars and rebels and he they is, can, the one who this is his baby too just for the, so everybody knows yeah yeah just to really quick go through it um so Corey burton was dooku ashley Eckstein was ahsoka tano d bradley baker was all the captain rex and they're all the different uh you know clones he's actually I didn't know if you knew this, but in the animated series, there's one guy that voices all of the clones. Oh, really? He just like in Bad Batch. That's one guy. No kidding. Yeah, I didn't know that. McDermott, obviously Darth Sidious. Uh, let's see who else. Oh, Matt Lanter. Who played Anakin Skywalker for um in the animated series he's the well i should say that voiced anakin skywalker in the animated series right so michael in real life right michael richardson interesting little fact he voices young qui-gon jinn and i haven't officially officially confirmed this but he's um uh taken uh Original Qui-Gon Jinn. God, I'm so horrible with names. I I can't believe so I. like um right. Right. I, I am too. Fonzie? No. M- no. Marky? Oh Monty, sorry. Yeah, I, I get it. I'm the same way. <laughs> well, I've I've got a little tablet here, so I'm gonna just look up taken. Liam Neeson. He's Liam Neeson's oh, kid. Oh yeah. And he got yeah. he voice basically his dad as a young boy. As a oh, okay. Jedi Padawan, yeah. so I the love guy who played Qui Gon Jinn in real life, his son got to voice Qui Gon Jinn in the animated series as a Padawan. I, I yeah, because I like I'm a big 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 Bang Theory fan, and uh, 
the mom on Big Bang, uh, Sheldon's mom is, um, I can't remember her name, but she was, you know, she's a big time sitcom actress. Her daughter actually plays the mom on Young Sheldon. I love it when they mm. when they use the family ties to play the older, oh. you know, the younger versions. I love it when they do that. That's really cool. Well, and if you're, you know, parents are in, in acting, I mean, who was in right. like, well, yeah. I guess. Right, it works out pretty well. Yeah. I wanted to be, you know, a ditch digger, yeah. but I guess I'll make millions of dollars. And right. Even role. though I've never done any acting before. And yeah, it's, it's, it's weird how that works out when it does. So, yeah. Anyway. But uh, yeah, so anyway, so yes, yeah, Dave Filoni written by and created it. So obviously this is very much in that same, you know, I guess last couple seasons of uh, the uh, Clone Wars animation style. Um, it's a, but, but I guess one of the things that I really enjoyed about this and what I enjoy about the Clone Wars, and I, I got into Rebels a little bit, but I still definitely, I want to watch both of them from start to finish eventually. You know, I want to I get through that just because, like you had mentioned before, this is canon, and there's so yep. much canon packed into this. And what they can do in animated series that they just can't do in live action is incredible. I mean, right. the, 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 um, the budget, the physical restraints, the everything that you want to... I mean, it's just so much easier, not easier, but it's so much... Well, it probably is easier... To use an animation studio to be able to draw something up like a stack or give anything the you know flying into Naboo picture that video, it's so much easier to do that digitally than it is to do it in live action. And where right. I'm going and it, like I'm sorry, but just to, just to add to that, it does take time, like like we've talked about with the bad batch and how it keeps getting pushed back. It does take these people that are involved time to put it all together with the production and all that stuff. But as you said, it doesn't come down to to props and and sets and all that stuff as much as it is time for the animation. So, like well, and said, then it would be cheaper and easier that way, at least. Well, and then also the voice actors can all just do this in the sound studio. They don't need to right. Really physically they don't have to be, be there to each other and um, makeup and all that crap. Yeah, right. So, so I think that there's just. What what they found is this, okay, George, and obviously Dave Filoni working with George Lucas did this in the Clone Wars, but Dave Filoni found a way to basically tell Star Wars stories that don't have enough, like, meat on them right. to be, to justify a live action movie. Enough of a storyline to go on too far, but you can get away right. with that with cartoons. In a way that, like, you get to advance a story or fill in the gaps, and and that's what they did. This this series is again just like what I had talked about with like the shorts that that uh, Disney Plus reveals or um, Disney Plus uh, gets out onto their streaming service. Now they own this company, right? They can play with this stuff and be like, "Here's a 15 minute episode about how." Count Dooku, you know, learned about corruption in the Senate. Like, I don't need to watch an entire movie on that. And it's a good episode. Like, it's good right. to, like, it makes you understand. So, anyways, just that was kind of mine. If you, know, look, if you look at Disney Plus, I mean, even in Marvel and everything, they, there's all these little animated shorties that maybe aren't even filling in any gaps, but just little, like, just to, a peek into like the, the normal life of all these characters. There's a lot of them all over Disney plus that they do with animation. Like you said, to further your point. You yeah. That a lot. So I hope, I mean, I personally hope that they, you know, are able to take this and like once a year release a season and yeah. learn about, I mean, clearly they've got this like clone wars era, you know, directly after clone wars, they got that, locked down right there's animation they're they're able to do that they've been doing that i'd like to see them go into the original trilogy you know fill in some gaps there with luke and, and obi-wan kenobi i'd like to see them go you know just go and, and kind of play with these little like stories that you didn't have the time to explore during the 
feature length movies. Um, yeah. So I'm I, any, anyways, I'm, I'm excited for that. So before, cause we're already a third of the way through our episode and we haven't even started talking about our episode. Well, well we have, what we but, shoot for, but it's, yeah. yeah, a third would be 15 minutes cause we always go way longer than we want to. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, a third would be an hour. Um, so, yeah. right. <laughs> so to start out the episode or start out the, the series, uh, we we learn about Ahsoka Tana and her her um, childhood or as an infant, and um, so I think the best way to do this would be let's talk about Ahsoka's episodes. So she had three of them. Um, she had one that was centered around her um, her being born and all that, and her parents and the planet that she grew up on, and kind of like the different. Um, the different like lessons that her family, her culture taught her that kind of what I got the sense was that you were supposed to take away from that is that her experience with, I think it was called life and death, I think was the the name of the actual episode. And what, what you, what you get the sense of is that she has an appreciation for life and, she's taking away these lessons from her family that follow her the rest of her life. And, and in that first episode, like you say, you see her being born and you see the family that she's born into and you, but you can see there's something special about her. And then you see this grandma type figure in their tribe or whatever you'd call it. Actually recognize that she is a Jedi. You can, they know it from that early on in her life. So, yeah. So they know um, she's special and different right off the bat. And I don't know, Mickey, and, and I apologize, maybe this is more for some of the people who aren't so familiar with Star Wars, and maybe you you knew this already, but that is part of what the Jedi Order did, is they, they were, throughout the galaxy, recognizing Force-sensitive beings, and then they would essentially, and I don't think kidnap is, it's a little harsh to say kidnap, but they would take them to the Jedi Temple and train them. So everybody, like, so when the grandma type figure recognized that she was a Jedi, they kind of already knew she wasn't going to be long for their tribe or their family or whatever. She was going to be off training and doing all that stuff. Yeah. And again, I don't know the nuances of it because I think that it, it had to, I can't imagine, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, that it was like voluntary or that it was like they just kidnapped you. Right. So clearly... What I think this whole situation to entice people, and this is again me just like fan theory, the whole situation. I think that that tribe contacted the Jedi Council, right? It was well known. They were able to contact them. Hey, we think we have a force sensitive Mm -hmm. user in our tribe. Can you come? And essentially they got a life that was very good. Yeah, they were warriors. Yeah, they were peacekeepers. But I would imagine that as like retribution however you want to call it they did not have to actually work they never went hungry they always had a place to live they always had a place to stay it was basically they were entering the military so to speak at a young age right at a young age i mean very very young i mean you 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 hear yoda talk about how luke skywalker in empire strikes backs he's too old he's too old right they talk about that about anakin and he was 10. So clearly, I mean, Ahsoka gets there like as a toddler. Like they actually show that in the Clone Wars. Plo Koon actually is the one who goes and meets with her on her planet. Um, so, but anyways, yeah, you, you see that. You, rec- you, you see her, her force abilities and the ability to like calm that saber-toothed tiger looking thing. Um, and, and like I said, just the, the whole concept of we're going to hunt this animal. We're only going to take what we need. This is going to feed our family. This is going to feed a village And like this whole, like kind of balance of it. Like this life is death. And part of, for us to survive in this planet, we need to kill these animals. And I got to be honest with you in the like extremely like PC, we don't want to offend anybody culture that we live in i was actually surprised that disney allowed them to essentially show hunting because a lot of people are offended by that nowadays well not only you know? that like you said but when when the baby sees it dead mom's like yeah this is part of life you're gonna have to understand that like wow that's 
And I and I right away thought, well, maybe that's how we should be as humans. We think this is the right way, and that, but just because we do things a certain way doesn't necessarily mean it's the most mentally healthy or or healthy in general way that we should do things. It's just how we've always done it. But maybe a maybe a kid won't be totally screwed up and need therapy if they if they're introduced to death right off the bat maybe there's a better understanding if they're introduced to it sooner you know yeah and i think that that was part of it and i mean if i'm gonna be honest with you like deer season is coming up like i want to expose my daughter to that because i want her to like understand that like this is an animal that is dying and we're using this animal to live to eat to do the things that we're doing and, you know, obviously people are offended by that because it's death and it's it's a part of, you know, it's it's not a it's not a pleasant thing to think about. And people but, are offended by everything. Right. But I guess my my point being is that I was surprised that they were like, essentially, her mom does what like a lot of parents, not that young, but a lot of parents do in like Wisconsin. They bring their kids right. out hunting. And I was just, I was just, I was kind of surprised that they were, you know, like, Hey, and not only that, but like, they took it to the point where it's like, we shot this creature. It's laying here. It's going to die. Eventually we're going to finish it off by stabbing a knife through its heart. And I was like, well, wow, like the mercy killing type of thing. Yeah. yeah right. Like I was, I was just, I was just surprised that they were able to, like, it wasn't like them walking through the forest and like, Oh, look at the pretty flowers and the trees. And Oh my gosh. Is it like, no, it was like, we're going to kill this animal and eat it because we need it food. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a good point on Disney. You wouldn't necessarily expect them to get away with that, but, but because it's animated, maybe they overlooked it or, yeah, or just didn't even catch it. Maybe they just missed it all together. But yeah. So anyway, so that, that first episode with Ahsoka again, great episode. I think I've watched it a couple times now because my daughter joy loves it. She, she loved that episode. So she loves seeing a baby Ahsoka Tano. Um, sure. So then, so then kind of jump in a couple episodes to the fifth episode practice made perfect. So we catch up with Ahsoka. She's in the Jedi temple. Now she's a young, excuse me, Padawan under Anakin Skywalker. Excuse yep. me at this point. So this is like uh, post, I think it basically like it's in the clone war series, but it's like after, obviously after uh, attack of the clones, because Rex is there, and it's all I think phase one clone trooper armor. Uh, there's like phase two and phase three, or phase one and phase two. Phase one is like the clone trooper armor that you see in Attack of the Clones, phase two is the fo- clone trooper armor that you see in Revenge of the Sith. So it's kind of like it's in that timeline, anyways, not, not super important, but they definitely like take and sprinkle in these little Easter eggs about like, oh you know that was echo that that shot you that first time well echo is a big character in the bad batch and in clone wars right and obviously you know captain rex and captain rex is a big character and so but it but what it is is it's you're you're also seeing how anakin is not taking this whole training a padawan thing lightly like he sees what the training that they're doing and he's like okay that's great but that's not the way the real world works. Like you're not going to be in that situation. You're not going to know you need to sense when the threat is coming. And what this directly did for Ahsoka is not just becoming a um, amazing Jedi. I mean, honestly, like she's, she probably is right up there with some of the greatest Jedi, even though she's not technically a Jedi, I guess by the time you get to uh, Mandalorian. Yeah, as they described it, both of these characters they're focusing on are both former Jedi. So yeah, that, yeah, this is showing before then. But essentially, it helps her survive Order sixty six. Is is what this what this training and what Anakin's you know training did for her? And to more more to your, I mean, to further your point, uh, it shows like why Anakin ends up going to the dark side and, and parallels with Count Dooku. They both had a lot of questions as to how the Jedi council ran things and their loyalty to the Senate and all that stuff. And as you said, Anakin was like, okay, well the training that we do now doesn't necessarily, he didn't agree with it because he thinks it doesn't prepare him for things as it should. So that's just a sign of how he questions 
the way things are done with this long, this order of the Jedi and all that stuff. And, and like you say, it's a parallel to Count Dooku having the same kinds of feelings. So it, I think I, I liked how that was all tied in too. And, and like you said, because of that, Anakin um, just kind of beats, beats the crap out of Ahsoka trying to train her. And, and as a result, she, she might be a little resentful and exhausted, but as you said, it led her to be an incredible warrior. So yeah, yeah. In, she... in the long run, it was best for her. And and he, you see that he has nothing but the best intentions for her, even though it might have been hard for her to understand that as she was going through it, you know? Right, right. She, she I think, I mean, in, in retrospect, like there's comments that she makes, you know, during The Mandalorian about, you know, I've seen what hate does to a Jedi and I've seen what power, you know, she's talking about Anakin. Yeah, but right. in retrospect, you know, if she were to like seriously think about that situation, I mean, she was trained by one of the greatest Jedi of all time. The most powerful anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you're you she got an amazing education that I think you know, at the time probably felt like just like, Oh my God, you know, Relentless. Yeah. It, it became a, you know, obviously something that, I mean, she, she, uh, she survives to order 66 and rebels or the end, I think the end of rebels, she fights Anakin, she fights Darth Vader. Like there's a, there's just a lot that she learned from him that allowed her to live, you know, essentially past, you know, right. long so, past so maybe, Maybe his overtraining or whatever you might call it, depending on the point of view you take, might have caused resentment in her towards him. But it also made her really tough. And like you said, just an amazing warrior and one of the most powerful Jedi. So, I yeah. mean, with good comes the bad, you know, maybe it's a blessing in disguise or, you know, with her bitter feelings towards him, she ended up becoming maybe even what she didn't want, but one of the best, you know. Right. Um. And then you've got the last episode of the series, the last episode uh, or the season, last episode of Ahsoka's story called Resolve. And I think that this episode really paralleled the first couple episodes of um, Kenobi well. You know, she goes into hiding. She doesn't want to become a, you know, doesn't want anybody to know she's a Jedi. She just wants to work, live her life, fly under the radar, not talk to anybody about being a Jedi, yada, yada, yada. And because of the Jedi, I mean, there was a great, you know, that uh, Inquisitor, um, the uh, quote that he had about, like, the Jedi basically are like, a, they, they can't help themselves to be, help other people. Like, they, it's like an itch that they can't scratch. They have to scratch, right? right. That they see somebody in need, they, they can't help themselves, like, they can't. It's so ingrained into the Jedi code and in the, the way that they're trained that they can't just sit and in, in watch people suffer or sit and watch injustice happen. Like they're, so, it's almost like they're first responders, you know, that kind of mentality. Right, right. That they gotta, they gotta help. And so you see this with the the hay bale or whatever it was that that fell, and that she uses the force to save it. Well then it finds out you know that if you find out that she's jedi and this takes place essentially right around the same time as the kenobi series where you do have inquisitors going the you know going around trying to kill jedi so the empire is clamping down i mean you see this in a, a andor and it, it's this totalitarian government that turns friends you know neighbors against neighbors and that guy ends up turning her in this character who I, I don't know, I think it's Darth. I don't know if it's even a Darth, the, the, the Sith Jedi or Sith inquisitor person. He's, he's comes in and, it, and it's, I got the feeling and I don't know enough. So I'm, I gotta like actually look into this more because I think he might've shown up in some video gamers, but he like, he tries to kill. He, he he's he's doing the same thing that any of the other inquisitors were doing in Kenobi, right? He's coming and he tries to kill. And and this whole idea that no no no, I I told 
I told on her. Like, I told you about her. Save me. You gotta save my life. Like, and he's like, no, like, who told you that? I think that there's this, you know, sense of, and beginning of, like, this rebellion phase that you saw also in Andor, where people are realizing, no, the, the Empire isn't good. Like, as much as they say that they're protecting us, they're doing all these things. So, I just thought it was interesting to see how that happened directly into Ahsoka's life and how that kind of, you get the sense that this is what led into the TV show Rebels, is that, like, this event helped her to be like, no, I need to get back into this. I need to be a part of the solution. Right, yeah, because, you, I mean, as we've discussed and what we'll discuss even more with Count Dooku is her, her disenchantment was obvious because of how the Jedi Council was supporting what they didn't, for some reason, know necessarily was going to the dark side with the Senate and, and the Empire and all that stuff. But I, I think they just felt like they had to uphold peace and all that stuff and, and order but like you say eventually it ends up you know they end up going in separate directions but I think Ahsoka's conflict uh, is is seen just like what we'll talk about Count Dooku like they're questioning how things are done and, and why this loyalty but and you can start to see that oh there is you know there's questions about the Senate and, and what they're leading to uh, and that's what where the conflict comes in both these characters that that I, I thought was pretty evident throughout the series. And that's something that you don't, they don't always focus on as much other than the main evil characters or villains. So it was, it was kind of cool to see that people go back and forth. They're hit they're you know, they're characters with, with deep and strong emotions and stuff. So I, I like well, how they delve into that. Well, and in Ahsoka, that whole scene with, I mean, they, they basically recreated, Padme's funeral like that was amazing right like right that she like to think that she was there because when you watch the Clone Wars like she's like as good she's like a very good friend of Padme and so this obviously was horrible for her but by that time by the time you get to Revenge of the Sith and you get to that point where the Jedi are kind of like they, they get the order 66 happens and everything like ahsoka is out out of the you know she she order she basically got framed for a terrorist attack that there's like a whole subplot in clone wars about that so there's clearly some resentment towards the jedi order there which right. is why she says like i'm no jedi and you know the whole thing but Yes, absolutely. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of like internal conflict and a lot Turmoil. of like, yeah they 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 have a lot of like moral dilemmas in these, which is interesting because it's a cartoon at the end of the day, and so and it's like just these animated series can be heavy, good storylines. Right, and like you said, Clone Wars and Rebels have a lot of there's a lot of canon. There's a lot you learn. If you like, like I'm kind of missing out by not having watched them, but there's so many episodes that I, I probably won't unless I just retire soon. But um, that's not, and I, the thing is, I love cartoons because if, if I haven't proven that over these 50 some episodes that I'm a bit of a child, I love cartoons, but for some reason I just had a mind block against these. And as you say, that's, that's kind of stupid because you're missing out on a lot. And even these short episodes, they they showed us a picture into a lot of the things we didn't necessarily know about. Well, and then also, you watch some of the Clone Wars episodes, especially the earlier seasons. Like they are, they are kids' cartoon. You know, it's very cartoony and and kids oriented, but very well like, done. Yeah, their, their animation is amazing. But yeah, I mean, it's it's oriented towards children. But on the other hand, the storyline is is predicated towards adults too. You know. Well, that's what I was just going to say. And on the other hand, then you have episodes where they're like dealing with moralities of like, you know, racism and like all these different crazy heavy. I mean, getting tortured and like that's like a meme that goes around the Internet every once in a while where it's like, yeah, sure. The Clone Wars is is a kid's, you know, cartoon. Right. And then they show like an episode where like a whole village gets slaughtered by, you know, Darth Sidious and you're 
I guess it's just for kids, <laughs> you know. So yeah. it's it's kind of an interesting, right. interesting series. But anyways, um, so yeah, so let's uh let's transition into Count Dooku now. Um, I thought for as well done as the Ahsoka's episodes, I thought Count Dooku's episodes were just like a level above. I thought right. that it was and we so learned so interesting. much more about him. Yeah, like, you really get a very brief glimpse of Dooku's life in Clone or uh, Attack of the Clones and, and really only the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. He dies right away. And so there's a lot to be, you know, there's a lot of questions. Like, why would he leave the Jedi Order? What brought him to the point where he felt like he could, you know, work with, Count or um, Darth Sidious work with the Emperor Palpatine and do this. What pushed him to the dark side? Yeah, yeah. And what you find out is really, and and, and it's funny because like this was hinted a lot uh, towards you know during during uh, Episode One uh, with Qui Gon Jinn's character and, and everything, and then like they talk about it like throughout the series, they talk about it like um, you know they just hint through it like different Star Wars. Um, uh, properties talk about how Qui-Gon was such a rebel and like he was so like against you know he, he went against the grain and he was you know he never you know he was he was just kind of like this this Jedi that was really really powerful really knowledgeable but if he would have just stayed in the lines he would have been on the Jedi Council he would have been you know all these things that he could have done better but he just he didn't want to like he didn't follow suit and now it's like oh makes perfect sense his principal was count dooku right and 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 his principles didn't necessarily go along with the jedi council and and like you said i think qui-gon jinn's death just kind of pushed him over the top as far as his opinions on how they did things and and bitterness and resentment so that was the other part of um, the episode that I, I really enjoyed. So so first so you get, you had the first episode that uh, you know we we see this introduction of uh, Qui Gon Jinn, Count Dooku, and how they were you know asked to come into this planet, and you find out about the corruption, you find about about, about everything that's kind of going on, and that they you know do this whole you know kidnapping staged kidnapping. Um, it's called Justice, that episode. And so it kind of sows the seeds of where Qui-Gon Jinn, you know, found his distrust for the Jedi Council and for the Republic at large, for the senators at large. Because he, he has a very important line in there. He says, you know, he, he's going up against that corrupt senator, and, he's, and this corrupt senator says something along the lines of, you serve the Senate. And he goes, no. He's like, I serve the Republic. Right. And that distinction between, you know, as this, like, essentially military-ish arm of the government, I don't serve the politicians. I serve yes. the people. And, like, it was an interesting, it was a very, like, this is why I think, personally, the Jedi Council fell, is because... They were so concerned with the politics. They were so concerned with the... It, it was like they get, couldn't focus on the real threats that were right under their nose in that, that, Emperor Palpatine. That's what, I said, that's what I said before, yeah. Just how the, the loyalty towards the Senate and, and law and order and stuff made them forget, wait we're supposed to be looking for the good of people and, and trying to protect all that. It's, and I, and it, it almost makes Count Dooku, in my opinion, a, a sympathetic character. Like, Oh, absolutely. You didn't know that before he was just evil or, and on the dark side. And it's like, well, I mean, the way, as you said, that quote, it's like, I'm not for the Senate. I'm for the Republic. I'm for the people. And I mean, that that's how I look at things. Like, I don't necessarily agree, agree with politicians and I kind of think none of them really represent us at all because they're kind of all out for themselves and, and eventually their morals and ethics kind of go away w- when they have this power for so long. But whether it's true or not, that's just kind of how I look at it. So I'm like, Oh my God, I'm, I, I feel just the way Count Dooku did, you know? Yeah. So yeah. And that's... I, I, I get why he would, it would, would be so angry. It's just, he wasn't able to control it. And eventually the dark side, 
made him think, oh, I have unlimited power and I can start making things right. And that's and that's kind of the mentality that him and eventually Anakin, they could see because they didn't like how things were, were being done. Well, and, and we eventually, when we get to the Sith Lord episode, we'll talk about this, but Palpatine played everybody all oh, the right. time. And so he, he was like, using Duke. He, was, he, had, was, found, you know, he had certain targets that he would go after, and these guys that were vulnerable and questioned themselves and questioned everything and, and didn't know, you know, they know what they're trying to do, but they, they don't know which side to be on. He, he targeted those guys, and Dooku and Anakin are perfect examples. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so then episode uh, three is called Choices, and I, I was really blown away with the, you know, because this kind of takes and turns it. Not that, not that Mace Windu was a evil character or anything like that, but he, it, it just takes it all and like kind of puts it on its head, where it's like, whoa, like this Samuel L. Jackson, this purple lightsaber, you know, white knight running, you know, across the Geonosis battlefield. Like, it kind of made you step back, like you said, and think about this for a second. Like, okay, so, you know, he even has, he's like, you know, sometimes you're, you following the rules is admirable, and sometimes it's maddening. Like, he says that to him as they're flying into the planet. Right. It's like, I I get it. I get it. I, I, it, it makes me because I know how good those Jedi were. Yoda, Mace Windu, Kit Fisto, um, those guys. You know that we need later. Uh, but they, they just were blinded. They were, they, they got caught up in so much of the like politics of it, like that was their own downfall. Like, you know, I, I honestly can't. And to get to, you know, you know, we, we dig into this stuff and overanalyze things. But I think that the Jedi, like they they were they were just as much at fault as the rise of the Sith as the, you know, Emperor Palpatine was like, I mean, like I, their their judgment was clouded and, and their their use of the force and the vision and seeing when things are going wrong. It seemed to be clouded, like you said, and I, I'm starting to like, holy crap, even in the first episode, which. George Lucas didn't realize would go expand onto this level. Obviously he couldn't have possibly seen that it would go that far. Cause he didn't even know it was going to be a hit, but yeah, even back then you're like, well, those guys, they have this force and this ability to see like they're almost like clairvoyance. And yet, yet they missed all this stuff because they were so caught up in the politics of it. it. It just makes you question even from the beginning of this, of the whole franchise, like, Holy crap. What I really, what my favorite part of this episode, though, this Choices episode, was how they, it took place during Phantom Menace. Right. Like, Qui-Gon talks to Count Dooku about how he met Darth Maul on Naboo. Yep. Or, I'm sorry, not on Naboo, on um, on Tatooine. Yeah. It's It's so great. Like, it's just so awesome that you see this, like, integration of, like, okay, this is happening. You get to see him delete Camino. Oh my God, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was Sifo Diaz. Like the fact that he uses Sifo Diaz's, you know, clearance code and like this whole thing and like how he's been behind the scenes this whole time. It explains so much better than Attack of the Clones did. Because I got to be honest with you, it was just kind of a ride for me when I first watched Attack. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Right, I didn't and understand it. And there's a lot of dialogue in that and Phantom Menace, and yet, I mean, it's, so it's a little hard to pay attention because it's just people ta- or characters talking. But yeah, I mean, this just filled it in and, and explained it so much quicker. And like you said, just started making me question things that I had never questioned before in these short little cartoons, which, as you said, makes these cartoons, it just shows how much meaning they actually do have as short well, as they were. And then, and then the the other part of it is, is like it, it hits home. Like the Jedi Council didn't believe Qui Gon Jinn that that was a right. Sith Lord. He didn't. Right. Be- they didn't believe him. No, I, I mean, and that we knew, but now you're understanding just how bad it was that they didn't believe. And Qui Gon Jinn is a beloved, uh, loyal, genuine, kind character, and they're just like, ah, we don't know that you really know what you're talking about. 
and somebody in a review made a point like this was part of Count Dooku's like I'm done with this shit. Right. Because yeah, I read that same review. It's his it's his, you know, it's his Padawan that clearly died. And he recognized that if they would have been like, Yeah, this is a Sith Lord, we need to take care of this. We need to send more Jedi to Naboo. We're not just gonna send you in your Padawan and some random kid from Tatooine to right. Naboo. We're gonna send people who need to be there to take care of this threat and actually address it. Like, he wouldn't have died. Qui-Gon would still be, uh, have survived yet, right? And think of, and like. And that the... would piss Count Dooku off, and I totally understand it, especially with his feelings of already, you know, like, are these guys really seeing things for how they are, and are they representing the people as we're supposed to be doing? He's So this just pushed him over, like, you guys let Qui-Gon die. Well, and then also, it just goes to show, like, the duel of the fates, right? That's the name of the song that plays when the and uh, Kenobi are fighting Darth Maul, right? And I've read something that talks about how this and at first glance, you think, oh, no, Darth Maul died. If Qui Gon survives that, think about how different Anakin's upbringing would have been. Kenobi would have been different. Everything right. that would have been like a, a domino effect that happened in the 10 years between uh, episode one and episode two and how much influence Qui-Gon had on that. And that Anakin probably wouldn't, it's not even guaranteed that he would have become a Jedi. Right. Like, and and you much, know? Less, much less Matt um, Padma and had Luke and Leia. Right, you know, I, maybe I, I, they're never even born then. So, so it's just yeah, it's and it, it's a, it's really good to explore that. I think they did a really good job, like you said, in being able to talk about this in a way that like makes sense. Okay, Dooku is working with Sidious. Sidious, he killed Sifo Diaz. He like you know was the one who ordered the clone army. He's the one who you know, concealed Camino so that nobody could see it. So they didn't know about it, you know, bah, 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 bah. And it, it's just a really interesting, you know, um, again, if you haven't had a chance to read the books or listen to them on audiobook, like I did these prequel, especially these prequel books were really good to like fill in a lot of the gaps that were just like, I don't get this when you first watch the movies. Um, so that, brings us to the fourth episode called the Sith Lord. So Yaddle, as I had mentioned in a post on Monty and Mickey podcast um, page on Facebook, Yaddle was a character that you blink in or you miss her on the Jedi council in episode one. It's a Yoda creature that's female. And, you know, this answers the question, why wasn't she in episode two? Why wasn't she on the Jedi council in episode two? Well, because she died. And it's just a really heartbreaking episode because it mirrors Anakin's story, like we talked about before, so well, right? He wants something. He believes in something so bad. He's willing to literally sell his soul to the devil and kill people and hurt people that he loved in order to get that because he feels the ends justify the means. Right. Um, Yaddle, I thought, you know, Bryce, Bryce Dallas Howard, she did a really good job voicing her. She was the, the dialogue was just so potent. Like she talks about how, you know, like, like she tries to sympathize with, Dooku and she's like I I get you I'm on your side like right like says those words even you know I want you to understand like whatever you did in the past like we need to kill this Sith Lord now like I don't care what you did this is a extreme threat that we need to handle together as Jedi and it's just an interesting you know how that brotherhood of Jedi, like it's just so, so strong of a bond. 
that they're like this we need to we need to address this threat you don't like i don't know so it to me that that whole relationship with yaddle and how um you know count dooku was able to you know talk to her about these things and be like you know the, the couple different lines about no imagination left in the jedi halls anymore and like just you see how this whole separatist movement is born and what and, 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 and how Dooku is directly, you know, involved in it. So, um, right. There was one other thing I wanted to bring up. I don't, I don't remember it was something about, about Dooku, but anyways, but yeah, I think that's the best way to describe it. Like you said before, it makes you sympathetic to his character and who he yeah. is and why he did what he did. In, in a um, way that you never were able to be before because he just, oh, he's on the dark side. I didn't even realize, which is stupid on my part, because but you just don't think about him that much because he's just this villainous type character. I didn't realize, I, I never pictured him as a Jedi, you know? Yeah. So it was like, just to see this side, of, like, oh, yeah, I get, I get why he's so pissed. I mean, and, you know, you got to stop yourself from going all the way to the dark side, but I, I get his motivation. Like, this sucks how things are done, and we're supposed to be representing the people and the good of 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 all you know species, and yet you guys, all this corruption and stuff is taken over, and now it's allowed my Padawan to die. I mean, right. bitterness is going to overwhelm you, possibly if you let it. And to, and to like kind of like further accentuate that point about like how you don't picture him as a Jedi. I thought that it was really cool to see like his Jedi hilt with a blue lightsaber, like that yeah. curved signature count dooku lightsaber hilt but with a blue lightsaber uh the blue saber blade and so yeah it's it's such a you know it 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 played well everything about that episode played well into episode two and what was like they built in you know retroactively which what they do with all a lot of star wars nowadays but that whole scene where you know, um, he finally meets Kenobi, right? He talks to um, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn in this episode and is like, I've heard a lot about your Padawan. I'd like to meet him someday. And then he meets him in Attack of the Cones. He's like, I've heard a lot about you. I, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that our paths haven't crossed earlier. You know, all these things that kind of like, they play off of each other where it's like, I trained your master. Like he talks about how he trained Qui-Gon Jinn. And like, he talks about like, oh, you know, like he has these lines that are so like you go back and watch Tech the Clones and you're like, this means so much more. And like, you didn't, yeah, so you didn't necessarily know it at the time. Yeah, yeah, you know, like oh, I wish, I wish, uh, I wish Qui Gon was here today. I could really use his help. And yeah. and Kenobi being like, there's no way he would join you. Well, Kenobi had no idea either. He was just so, you know, he was he was caught up in in the whole everything that was going on from the beginning. So it's like, it's, it's just a, I don't know. It, it was just very well done. It was a, it was a cool, cool couple episodes to explore a character that, you know, has so much rich story and, and a plot in like the character development that you were able to get a better glimpse of, I guess. Right. The best and, way to put it. And to the testament of these, these animation series having so much clout and, and providing so much canon and information. I, they did it in essentially, like you said, 15 to 20 minutes per episode. So that's maybe an hour or 45 minutes um, to just to uh, one offs. Like I wanted to make it known this was an anthology. So each episode really yes. didn't la- relate to the others. That's yeah. why they were kind of even out of order, but 45 minutes of these episodes related to, to count Dooku shined a whole lot of light onto who he was and what motivated him and and all that stuff that we never really got to see before so these animated series show so much in such a short period of time compared to the live action stuff right right absolutely and, and i think that if you if you get the chance mickey to watch the uh, clone wars episodes you'll you'll feel that same way about that about that well, and i series, and i did so. watch season seven as i said i just didn't watch yeah because there's so many episodes oh no i haven't even got seasons I haven't even got through the first season, so no, right, it's, it's, right. there's a lot. So yeah, but it's definitely worth. Shows. It's worth it, but it's it's like yeah, it's like oh man, that's a lot, lot to 
to commit to. Right. Maybe Besides Marvel and everything else. A couple kids and a wife ago, I could have done it. Yeah. So, well, I did. I did play through the entire Red Dead Redemption video game in a in a summer when I was in college. So you know. Well, there you go. That's that's, that's what we did in college too a lot. But I mean, I live by myself, and I still can't get through all that stuff. So you know, even well, without. But I'm saying, of... like back then, I had like zero responsibility. So right. you, you clearly have a little bit more. Well, fun to yeah. Play. That's, so, that's... <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Anyways, as we, you know, usually go along on these shorties, quote unquote, but anyways, yeah. anything else you wanted to kind of touch base with? I, I think we kind of covered most of it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I wrote down some notes just to jog my, you know, my memory as to what I would like to say and stuff. I think we covered it all. It just these are very, these characters have a lot of depth to them. And uh, especially Dooku, who's a little, you know, further along in life. You, you saw a lot of things you didn't necessarily see before. Um, this series is definitely worth watching. The animation is amazing. The special effects and all that stuff and the, and the landscapes and stuff are really cool. And, and like you say, it fills in some gaps. It's kind of maybe more oriented towards people that have knowledge of Star Wars already. So if you don't, this isn't maybe the first way to start getting into it. But for those of us who know some idea what we're, what we're talking about, which is, you know, I don't always have an easy time saying that about myself, but when it comes to Star Wars, I'm fairly knowledgeable. This, it filled in a lot of gaps. Even So I, I thought it was great, and, and I would definitely watch an, another season, or hopefully it keeps going. And I, and I really think that um, you could have, you could say that anybody who just enjoys Star Wars, you know, obviously, like you said, they, if you don't have a whole lot of knowledge, you shouldn't probably but don't if anybody just here, enjoys yeah. yeah if anybody enjoys star wars go ahead do this but also if right. you're like me and goes out and buys like the complete visual dictionary of star wars and like you know yeah. goes in wikipedia and looks up like why did you know kit fisto have a green lightsaber like those types of details you'll enjoy this as well like it gives oh yeah a lot of like really good information and it's also just a a fun show to watch. So right, and the animation is amazing. If you right, yeah, the animation style again, great, great, uh, great series. So, all right, that's all I yeah. got today. So, as we always like to say, getting old is mandatory, but growing up is optional. Thanks, guys. What kind of creepy person do you have at the end of your show now?